Back in school, I knew a girl. And one night she was out at her boyfriend's house and he lived in the countryside. And she left pretty late. And she's uh, driving down country roads and there's a tree that's fallen over. She gets out of her car, goes to move the tree. Then suddenly a car drives at her, flashing its lights. She panics, obviously, and she gets back in the car, drives back to her boyfriend's house. The car's following her. Gets up to the driveway, she gets out of the car, runs inside. The car's pulled up at the driveway, and the guy's getting out of the car. Her boyfriend comes out and says, What the hell are you doing? And the guy says, Oh no, I flashed my lights at you, because when your girlfriend went to move the log, I saw someone coming out of the bushes. This is the Fathom Analytics Podcast, Above Board. I was waiting for it to relate to Fathom in some way or privacy in some way. And then it didn't. <laughs> Things sneak out from you that you're not expecting. It was hard telling the story because I was trying to be intense, but I'm still out of breath from running around. <laughs> uh, what are we talking about today on the Above Board podcast from Fathom Analytics with Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis? See, I made it super related to <laughs> the podcast. You mean mine wasn't? <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those. I think it's probably a similar story that they had in North America, like a campfire story. Like there's somebody driving behind you with their high beams because there was like some psychopath in the back seat with an axe or something like that. I don't know. We had a dogger follow us once when we were younger. So I don't know if this is a UK thing. I think it is. People will meet up in a certain area to have sex. How far in are we talking about sex? We're less than two <laughs> minutes. They'll meet up in a random area at night to have sex. And we were young and we thought it'd be funny to wind them up and we flash someone not not flashed flash flash <laughs> you were wearing trench coats <laughs> and, uh, and they followed us with their high beams on and interestingly enough when we were there there was actually a person there who had a work van i just thought are you crazy <laughs> no shame <laughs> just there i've had people van. driving work vans like flip me the bird and scream at me on the road and i'm like <laughs> you're driving a car with your company branding and phone number on it it just doesn't make sense <laughs> So I've actually seen reviews on Google where someone's left a review and they've said, I don't know much about this company or anything they offer, but their driving is shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's the review. It makes sense. Like that makes 100% sense to me. Okay. So today we are going to talk about something that Twitter hasn't really been talking about for a while, which is how many hours people should work. Boom boom. It's funny. This seems to kind of come up probably once a year or so, this debate. And it's always... I don't know, interesting to me, because it seems like both sides have a, or if there are two sides, every side, whatever side there are, it seems like there's always like, this is the right way and all the other ways are the wrong way, which even the side that I agree with, I'm like, yeah, I don't really agree with it in a hundred percent. Like, I don't agree that it is a black and white thing that you need to work X number of hours in order for whatever the outcome is. Your business is a success. Your personal life is a success. All of that. So I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I think that's how social media works. So you say a thing that's supposed to be as black and white as possible with as little context as possible. And you just leave it there because of social media. And that's how social media works. As you're saying that, I'm thinking to myself, is this whole hours debate the equivalent of saying, you need to go on more dates with your partner and more dates equals a better relationship. And it comes into the quality of work, the quality of the relationship, the quality of time. 
It just popped into my head as a <laughs> as a comparison as you were talking. Yes, there's only one right way to date. Just like there's only one right amount of hours to work per week if you're working <laughs> at a startup you've created. The end. <laughs> so <laughs> when I saw this, I mean, you were away from Twitter when this was all kicking off. The biggest thing that I thought when reading it is obviously it's subjective, but it also matters where you are in your career. So let's go back to the early days for you. Oh, God. Computers were just invented. Paul Jarvis. Wheels had just turned into circles from squares. It was an exciting time. Long, long time ago. Yeah. I mean, for me, I did work more hours when I was in my 20s. Not a ton more hours. Like, not. Well, actually, no, I think because at that time, work was more a priority to me than. I guess it still is a priority, but it's different. I think it's all different. I think I had the ability to work more hours, so I did. But I don't think I needed to. I think that's the thing. I think that I was able to, 20 years ago, work a lot more hours than I can now. But I don't necessarily think that I was more productive or I got more done. I think now I'm very efficient with the tasks that I do because I've been doing them for so fucking long that mm. I don't think I should be punished. I, like If something takes me two hours instead of six, I'm not going to work the extra four now because I don't need to. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, I just feel uh, it's just like my buddy is a tattoo artist and he's like, I don't charge by hour because that punishes efficiency. If I'm doing a tattoo and the tattoos were $600, what does it matter if it takes me 40 minutes or six hours? It's like, I know I've been tattooing yeah. for 30 years, so I know how to tattoo quicker than most other tattoo artists. It punishes efficiency because if you decide to really ramp up, have the energy drinks or have the coffee and go crazy, you are punished because if you're charging hourly, you get paid less. Mm -hmm. So I guess you've got to find a moderate pace. If you're charging hourly, you've got to have a standard pace. And it's stupid, really. It doesn't make sense. And I think of, well, creative class. I think of you. I think of Jonathan Stark, the whole value-based pricing thing, which I still find impossible to, I understand the merit, but just implementing that has been odd. I mean, how do you, you can value-based price, but then as soon as it becomes viewed like a commodity, that's the issue, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Is I haven't got my head around that, so I can't even speak to that. But um, So you worked more when you were younger. Were you charging hourly? Good question. I don't remember. I think at that point, I was in the process of moving to price per deliverable, but I don't know if I was... In your 20s? Yeah, I don't know if I was 100% there. You cheeky bastard. <laughs> ahead of the curve. <laughs> exactly. Well, I started that whole movement because I invented the internet and freelancing. <laughs> of course, yeah. <laughs> so. I forget, I forget. So, okay, so 20s you were charging. Okay, so that makes sense. I guess you worked more hours. Didn't Working harder is a weird word to use as well, but you worked more hours. And then as you got better and better, you worked less. Mm -hmm. So then shouldn't you work more when you were younger because you're getting more experience and you're perfecting your craft? I think yes and no. Because obviously DHH and Jason Fried were weighing in on this a lot on Twitter because they weigh in on a lot of these topics and they usually have interesting things to say whether I agree or not. But I think the point that they were trying to make that I think is kind of valid is that is your company truly doing well or truly profitable if you have to work an insane amount of hours or you need to, like, is your company profitable if you're not paying yourself? I don't think it is. I think you need to be able to pay yourself and cover your expenses to be profitable. Otherwise, it's not sustainable, right? Just like hours, I don't think that if your company, regardless of what it does, is only profitable if you work 100 hours a week, I don't know if that's sustainable, so therefore I don't think the business is profitable. But I also see on the other side, which is what we're talking about, that in the beginning, 
if you do work more hours because you can, because you're learning your craft, you're perfecting it, you're getting better at efficiency, then is that necessarily, is that always a bad thing? I don't have the answers here. (laughs) And I guess it comes to how quickly do you get burned out and what sort of rest are you taking? Because obviously there are differences between jobs. If you're a security guard and you're sitting watching a TV and you've got Netflix on at the side, obviously, could you do 100 hours a week? I think that would be much easier to do 100 hours a week with that job than being a designer doing 100 hours a week. And does your work start to suffer? So, And you said about sustainability. I don't think it's sustainable. I think that something has to, something typically suffers. I'm not going to make a blanket statement because clearly there are always going to be exceptions, but something starts to suffer. Your relationships, I mean, they could suffer, your health. I think in my personal experience, as I worked more hours, I stopped working out. I mean, that's a a huge sacrifice. So things will take a backseat if you start to prioritize work. And you use the word need as well. So if you need to work, I think that if you're choosing to work, and you feel in control, I think that's more sustainable. But then again, it comes down to your personal psychology. Yeah, I mean, even growing up, like my dad worked two jobs sometimes, and he would do, yeah, a lot of hours a week. But that was to support his family during some rough recession-y type times in, I guess, the 80s, where that's like, I don't know anybody who would complain about that, right? Like if you're trying to make ends meet and you're working more hours, then you got to do what you got to do. But I think what we're talking about here is this whole startup mentality of like hustle and grind it out and you're not succeeding unless you're working all the hours of the day kind of thing. And I just think that that might work for some people. Again, I don't know if it's sustainable, but I also don't think you have to. And I think that's what's appealing about Basecamp and the books that they write is that in the beginning, they started working whatever, like 40 hour weeks. And they made it work based on that, based on that idea that or this is only going to work if we don't overwork ourselves. And that became the culture and that became kind of how things worked. So then they made it, it just seems appealing to me and I guess to some other people as well, mm-hmm. where it's like, if you can make it work with that constraint, then that seems kind of cool to me. Basecamp, I forget who it was on Twitter, but someone then said, this is the reason that Slack's a billion dollar company and Basecamp isn't. And I just thought that is your flaw in your thinking. You're thinking that the way you view the world, I need to get a big billion dollar company, is the only way. That's not, that's not what Basecamp's trying to do. So you're trying to project your goals onto them and then measure how they're performing to your goals by their actions. So you're overriding their goals. Yeah, and I also think, we could, well, they're a private company, right? So we don't know their finances. Surely not a and because they're an LLC, I kind of feel like the people at the top of Basecamp probably make as much, if not more, than most of the top people at the top of a publicly traded company, other than the ones who own all of the stock, the, like the majority of the stocks. Like I think that there's this idea that oh, just because a company is worth more, the people in that company make more. And I don't think that's always the case. <laughs> no, that's a very good point. There's a reason that net and gross are different things and that net is more important. Margins are more important than just the gross. So it could take you $900,000 to make a million dollars. But if it takes you $50 to make $200,000, then you're making more, right? So Slack isn't profitable yet either, yeah. from what I recall. And Basecamp's been profitable since the beginning because they have to be because they're not public. And they've been going for however long. And they're, they're mentally all in check. They even have that summer thing, don't they? What is it? They take off... Yeah, four-day weeks in summer. Not four-hour weeks. It's like some Tim Ferriss shit. (laughs) 
Yeah, and that's interesting. Do the top people make, because Basecamp could make whatever they want, and then Jason and David have the majority of the shares of the company compared to Slack. Yeah, it's very interesting. And they've got experience being in the game longer. They're not rushing to get to something that's unsustainable. They're trying to focus on sustainability. If only somebody had written a book about this. (laughs) Yeah, I might do one. I think I might call it Business of One is what I'm thinking. I I think that's a good name. I think that could work. But then everybody's just going to make jokes about how you're in a two-person business and you wrote a book called Business of One. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Whenever I've seen that on Twitter, when someone applies to you with that, I just like it. I love it. So one of the things with the whole, I'm going to work so many hours because I'm going to signal how hardworking I am. I do think that when it's required, working tons of hours is is good. So when we had version two, I took a, I think, a couple of weeks off of my typical work routine and I went crazy on Fathom and it was insane you know the migration and everything else the last bit you know when we went live yeah I was going crazy I couldn't sustain that long term though so it comes down to should you work ridiculous hours when you need to yes you should can you sustain that every single day of your life well some people can but most people can't I don't know if some people can or at least some people I don't think that some people can forever Just like I think that busy shouldn't be the default. I think it's okay to be busy or to work all of the hours. But if that becomes the default, then I think we run into trouble. Because even me, like I work probably four to six hours a day at the most, most days. But there are some days that I do work eight to 12 hours, which is a lot for me. I'm old. But there are some days where I do work a lot more hours. But it's definitely, it's not the norm. It's not the default for me. It's just that sometimes there are times when I need to sprint to get something done. And I'm sure that Jason and DHH, there's probably been a couple weeks where it's not like, oh, I've hit 40 hours this week, I'm clocking out. And it's like servers are on fire in the background or something like that. I don't know. But like, <laughs> I'm sure there have probably been a couple instances where they have in fact worked a little bit more than 40 hours. But the default is probably that, yeah, they probably do hit that 40 hour mark consistently because that's the habit that they've built up. And that's the culture that they built in their business. Yeah, no, it all makes sense. It probably trickles so down as well, right? Like if a company tells, and I don't really have the experience in this because I've never really worked for anybody, but I think if a company's like, oh yeah, we have 40 hour weeks, but then you see your boss working 80 hours, it's like no, nobody's going to clock in after their boss clocks in and clock out before their boss clocks out. I can't remember who I was talking to. I think it was Rand Fishkin, the Moz guy or the Spark Toro guy now. Oh yeah. Where he was like, culture trickles down. So like if you're the founder of the startup and you're working a ton of hours and everybody you hire, whether you tell them it's okay or not, or whether you say like, we have 40 hour work weeks or not, if they see you doing that, if they see you working more or double, then they're probably going to as well because that kind of thing trickles down. They're going to feel like they're going to be thought of as less if they're not doing, if they're not putting in the hours that the boss puts in, which I think is problematic. And I get that. My thing I always think of with that though is, are they getting profit sharing? Have they got substantial equity? and bonuses and things like that. If I was working for a company, and then imagine the boss has 80% of the equity. If he or she is going crazy, I'm not going to feel obligated to match that unless we're being compensated in the same way. Because when you're working for someone, you receive compensation of some sort. Um, if I is have, that how if it works? It's 50-50. <laughs> <laughs> Business 101 oh. with Jack Ellis and Four Jarvis. But, you know, you're not going to be matching them because they have more equity. That's how I see it. Mm -hmm. And I get that that's not the reality sometimes. When you see not just the boss, but if you see, you know, the higher level people doing it, then I I can see how it trickles down. I don't know necessarily. I suppose the trickle down would be for the boss to do it 
and then the senior management would match that and then that's how it would trickle down so i do understand that i do understand that reality we need to be talking about it we need to be saying well, where's the equity here yeah because the boss is potentially increasing their net worth by millions of dollars exactly you're potentially making you know 50 grand a year and no, no bonuses yeah if you're not making more for working more then yeah there's no incentive there but so i think this is the difference potentially and it is just colloquial because i don't have any research here but I feel like if you're in an office environment, like in meet space versus working remote, it's different. So if you see your boss is always in their office before you and then always leaves after you, I think that's potentially different than if you're working remotely and you just assume that they're probably working more, but you don't know because you're not seeing them every day. I think there's probably a difference there as well. Yeah, that's a very good point. I'm sure that's something they do in Japan as well. They've got an interesting culture when it comes to work. Interesting in a weird way. I also like that they take stretching breaks. I was watching um, James May, Our Man in Japan, <laughs> and he did a, like a six-episode miniseries about Japanese culture. And he went, to, I think he was at Honda or something, building motorcycle engines, because that's his thing. And they showed him doing one of the stretching breaks. I was like, I like that there's like a 20-minute calisthenics routine in the middle of a workday. Because I kind of do that. Like I take an hour break to go to the gym every day, regardless of how busy I am. Work and I think that's important because then that gives me the energy to keep working and being productive, I guess, for as long as I need to be for the day. And so I think that that is just as important for me, just like eating. Like I take a longer break than I think most people to make and prepare food because I feel like food is fuel and energizing. So I should do that. And that helps me work. Even if I'm working less hours, I would rather my hours be as productive as possible. And not just watch, like if I'm working eight hours, but most of my hours are refreshing Twitter or watching cat videos, jumping in boxes, like I'm not really working eight hours. So me saying like, oh yeah, I work hard, I work eight hours a day is kind of meaningless. If the work isn't as productive as it could be, I'd rather say like, oh yeah, I worked three hours and I actually did work for those three hours. I was super focused. And I think it's hard to be focused for 16 hours a day, or at least it's hard to be focused for a while at 16 hours a day. Yeah. Only when you're putting out fires or if you're on crunch time can you have that kind of focus. And I've had those days, I'm sure you Mm -hmm. have, where you are literally up and you are nonstop until the end of the day until you pass out. But it's not sustainable. Yeah, like if a server goes offline. exactly. (laughs) That's when I have 16-hour days and that's why we have serverless with Fathom. You like that little plug? I just kind of slid it right in there. (laughs) Fathom analytics. (laughs) So the interesting point you made there, you invest, and I guess this this makes it more businessy than it was intended to be, but you invest time in yourself and that makes you more productive in your hours. So you increase the value of your hours by spending hours. Mm -hmm. That's basically what you're doing. So when we're saying no to working out or to preparing healthy food, we are potentially sacrificing the quality of an hour. Even the top performers, they may be performing really fantastically, but they still could be performing better. So rather than go, oh, I worked 12 hours this day, why don't you invest in yourself, improve yourself, and then perform better in shorter hours? Yeah, it's weird that, especially in startup culture, there's this like badge of honor, like, oh yeah, I I work like 12 hours a day. It's like, who gives a shit? Like, There's no award ceremony that Ricky Gervais hosts at the end of the year being like, oh, you work (laughs) 2,800 hours more than this other person. Like, here's your like golden statue. Like, nobody gives a shit. It's just like being macho about like, oh, I worked this many hours. Like, who cares? It doesn't matter. It's sort of a flex, isn't it? Yeah. It's totally a flex. I was trying to think of the words, but yeah, it's 100% a flex. 
that nobody gives a shit about. I still find it weird when people post um, weightlifting videos on Instagram and things like that. That really confuses me. I, I, people do it, you know, whatever. But it's literally you're moving iron up and down. Yeah. I don't get why is that on social media. Or maybe I'm just hating because I haven't worked out in however many years <laughs> and they can lift more than me. But it, yeah, the thing is a flex. Um, the, work, the hours, hours work. No, DHH is funny. He throws in grenades. I mean, he stays, he stays for the aftermath. He doesn't just run away. Yeah. I saw, yeah. <laughs> You've got to love it. But yeah, I mean, ultimately, it comes down to you should have something sustainable, which you aim for the majority of the time, but you should be prepared when it's crunch time and assuming appropriate compensation slash equity that you're ready to do more. That's how I see it. I like it. That feels pretty good, I think. It seems, seems reasonable. I'm sold. I would subscribe to your newsletter. Would you buy my book? <sighs> Only if it's called Business of One. Well, no, I, don't, I like that name, but I'm thinking I might call it Company of One. I need to check if that's taken or not. Company of Two. It'll be twice oh, as you good. Have a, oh, yeah. oh, you have three <laughs> founders. Mm. <laughs> Anything else to add on the hours debate? No, I think we're good. One tip I will give everyone. If you are looking to work more hours, we now offer Fathom Analytics Coffee, uh, double the caffeine of your Starbucks blonde espresso. And that will be able, available to purchase uh, in 2000 and 2024. And it'll only be available as a subscription model because we're a SaaS. So has, everything has to be subscription. <laughs> I thought of socks as a service the other day. You know socks get holes in all the time. They do. So if you subscribed to a SaaS that sent you socks all the time, rather than having to go and buy them. So do you want to know a life hack? Hashtag life hack. I only buy socks. This episode is brought to you by Features, except it's not. <laughs> so I buy socks called Features, F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S. Oh, that's so Super clear. smart. I only buy brands that have smart brand names. But so they have a lifetime warranty on their socks. How much are the socks? Like? This is like 25 bucks. They're the same price as most like athlete socks, which I don't understand how there's like technology in socks. They're fucking socks. Yeah. But I buy their socks because they have a lifetime warranty. And I wear through socks all the time. So I don't need a subscription to socks. So I also don't, to take the tangent one level further, I don't understand underwear as a service. This episode is not brought to you by MeUndies. So I like their <laughs> underwear. Their underwear is great, but I don't wear through underwear monthly. Like, I don't know what you, you would have to do to need a new pair of underwear every month. Maybe I'm doing underwear wrong, and I've been doing underwear wrong for 42 years, and everybody's going to laugh at me. But I don't understand why you need a monthly subscription to underwear. Do you? I didn't know that existed. They sponsor every single podcast on the internet, except for Above Board. Okay, so MeUndies representative, if you are listening... We think the subscription model for underwear is a great idea, and we would love to have your sponsorship. We've, I think, how many sponsor, sponsors have we turned down so far? Like 15, 20 people wanting to sponsor this podcast? Yeah. Are we ever going to accept anyone? I don't see why we would. This show is basically sponsored by Fathom, because that's our business, right? Like, we mentioned Fathom at least 0.5 times an episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, interesting. So, does this count as work? This recording of this episode right now? Yeah. Sure it does. So we just... We probably got at least 15 new trials from people listening to us blather on about work and hours. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this is the hot take from Paul Jarvis and Jack Ellis on how many hours you should work. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.